This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. This week's podcast is brought to you by BHP. Copper is a big deal in the energy transition because it's used to make electric vehicles, wind turbines and solar panels. When it comes to producing copper responsibly, it's happening now at BHP. Good morning, I'm Alice Dempster. And I'm Claire Kimball. It's Friday the 20th of January. In your Squiz today, Jacinda Ardern says goodbye to politics, Aussie unemployment stays low, Alec Baldwin set to face charges, and permission to sip. This is your Squiz today. It was hard to miss the news from across the ditch yesterday, Claire. New Zealand's PM Jacinda Ardern is stepping down after five and a half years in the role. She was emotional speaking to journos at a press conference, but she says she decided to call time when she realised that she doesn't have the energy to put into the job anymore. Yeah, she said she went off on a summer break hoping to refresh and recharge, but she didn't do that and she realised that she had to put a hand up to say that she's not the right person to lead uh, the Labor Party in New Zealand and be the Prime Minister of the nation. Uh, It's important at the moment, of course, because they head towards an election later this year. So uh, calculating in her head, she needs to actually make space for someone else to have a go at going to that election as the leader. Uh, Just to wind things back about Ardern, uh, she was elected in 2017. She was just 37 years old. Uh, She also made waves because she was the second world leader to give birth while in office. Uh, And particularly at the start, she was a very, very popular prime minister. Uh, The term Jacinda Mania was coined (laughs) to describe what that was all about. Yeah, that popularity really raised New Zealand's profile on the world stage. And yesterday, Aussie PM Anthony Albanese was one leader who acknowledged what he called Ardern's empathetic leadership style. She had that characteristic on display numerous times throughout her career. She will likely be remembered for how she led the country as it mourned major tragedies like the Christchurch massacre in 2019 and the fatal Wahiki Island volcanic eruption later that year. Yeah, but she certainly has had some tough times in her leadership, uh, including of late when uh, the ongoing pandemic restrictions have really seen pressure uh, on the government and on her popularity. Uh, And that's really been reflected in the polls of late. Uh, Labor now has to name a new leader. And it's a bit of an open field when the deputy Grant Robertson yesterday said that he's not going to put his hand up. Uh, So we'll have to wait and see who that will be. Yeah. And a leadership vote will be held on Sunday. So we'll know the answer to that soon. As for Ardern, she's looking forward to spending time with her young daughter, Neve as she gets ready for her first year at school. And Ardern also says she'll now have the time finally to tie the knot with her fiancé. Claire, Santa Fe's prosecutor says TV movie star Alec Baldwin will be charged with involuntary manslaughter over the fatal shooting that occurred 15 months ago on the set of his Western movie, Rust. Yeah, it's been a while since we talked about it. So just to briefly recap, cinematographer Helena Hutchins was shot and killed during a rehearsal when Baldwin fired a prop gun. Uh, Film director Joel Souza was also wounded, but there will be no charges for 
filed on that. Uh, Baldwin's lawyers maintained that he had uh, no reason to believe that there was a live bullet in the gun uh, or anywhere on that movie set. And this morning, Hutchins' husband, Matthew, uh, said that it's a comfort to her family uh, that no one is above the law. Armourer Hannah Gutierrez-Reed, who was the person who is responsible for the guns and ammunition on set, will also be charged. If found guilty, both she and Baldwin face up to 18 months in jail and a US $5,000 fine if convicted. Production of the film is set to restart this year with Matthew Hutchins on board as an executive producer. The Aussie unemployment rate held steady at 3.5% in December, according to the latest data from the Bureau of Stats. That result was 0.1% higher than forecast, Claire. Yeah, so Economist had tipped uh, for unemployment to hit 3.4%, but it didn't do that in December. Uh, What happened was an estimated 14,600 jobs were lost in the month. Uh, It was well below expectations of 25 to 35,000 new jobs uh, to be created. But what Treasurer Jim Chalmers said is that our economy is slowing down. There are worsening global economic headwinds. And also, of course, those higher interest rates don't just hit mortgage holders. They also hit businesses that are looking to grow. So they're slowing down as well. Uh, He says, though, despite all of that, Australia is still in an incredibly strong position. Yeah, but economists say the worse than expected results will do little to stop the Reserve Bank board from further interest rate hikes when it meets next month. Some experts have warned that the unemployment rate could also rise further as economic challenges mount. Claire, there might be a few bleary-eyed people around this morning. If you have a hardcore tennis fan in your life, go easy on them because it was a huge night at the Aussie Open. The second round match between Scott Andy Murray and Aussie Tanatsi Kokonakis wrapped up after 4am this morning after almost six hours. Yeah, it was a long time on the court and it went to five sets. Uh, and it went so late because they didn't start until after 10pm. So they were at it until the very wee hours. Uh, veteran Murray prevailed. Uh, he wasn't happy about being on the court so late, or I guess it's so early, depends on how you look at it. Uh, but he did win that match. So congrats to him. Uh, it was a better night for Aussies Alex Demonor and also Alexi Poprin. Uh, They advance into the third round. Uh, And Novak Djokovic also won his match last night, despite some battles with a dodgy hamstring uh, and also a spectator who he said was drunk out of his mind. Yep, there was lots going on last night. Today and tomorrow, it's all about moving through the third round before heading towards next week's finals. There are no Aussie women left in the tournament, and so far, top seed Igas Viatek is cruising through. In the men's singles, third seed Stefanos Tsitsipas is the top-ranked player still in it to win it. This week, our podcast is brought to you by Aware Super. Superannuation can sometimes feel like just another overwhelming life admin chore. But as a member of Aware Super, you'll have access to lots of free online tools to help you, like their My Retirement Planner, which allows you to see how much you might need for retirement and comes with an easy to understand plan of how to get there. Read the PDFs and TMD at aware.com.au. 
Those who are doing dry January at the moment can sleep easy for the time being because new Canadian health guidelines reckon there's no safe limit to the amount of alcohol you can drink, Claire. Yeah, they say that knocking back more than two standard drinks a week poses a moderate health risk. Uh, Seven or more, they say, is a high risk. Uh, That's not in line with the Australian guidelines. They suggest no more than 10 drinks a week. But under that, it's not too bad. Uh, The Canadian guidelines, though, were based on uh, a lot of studies and some health experts don't agree with it. Uh, They say that the new guidelines ignore the benefits of drinking alcohol. Yeah, they say those benefits include pleasure and stress relief and collegiality associated (laughs) with alcohol. And that's backed up by a recent Aussie study that finds those who drink a little bit of alcohol tend to be at a lower risk of depression than those who drink a lot or none at all. So cheers to that. Yep, responsibly we'll say cheers. (laughs) Friday Lights, what do we like this week, Claire? Alice, I've got a recipe from Gourmet Traveller. Look, I'll put my hand up and fess up to doing it couple of times this week. (laughs) Basically, it's roasted tomatoes and ricotta on toast. It's absolutely delicious. Something so simple. Uh, I reckon we're sort of in the period where kind of want to eat well and eat delicious (laughs) things, but I'm a bit exhausted. I'm not really feeling like cooking a whole lot at the moment. So it's a good one for that. Yeah, it's hard to go wrong with something so simple. I'll pop a link to that recipe in the episode notes if anyone wants to try it out. And that wraps us up for today. But Claire, you and Kate are back with the Saturday Squiz tomorrow. Oh, yeah, sure. Uh, There's lots to talk about. There's been quite a bit in the news (laughs) again this week. (laughs) We haven't been sport for news Uh, and also some really good recommendations. So it's a good one to get into on the Saturday morning or really any time over the weekend. Very good. Have a great Friday, everyone. We'll be back with you again on Monday. G'day, I'm Kate Watson, co-host of News Club. News Club this week was an interview with Lauren Sams. She's the fashion editor at the Australian Financial Review. She's all over the business of fashion and retail, so I pulled her in to talk to us about fast fashion and ultra-fast fashion. In particular, businesses like Timu and Shein, who in Australia alone are on track to record more than $2 billion in sales. Here's a clip from that conversation. What is happening is that it's recalibrating fashion as a single-use item. Mm. So when you think about something that's 6 or $7, you know, my, I bought coffee this morning and that was $5.50 and that that's a single-use item to me. You know, I, I have my coffee. Like actually is, like you cannot use that twice. No. <laughs> and so when you're talking about a dress yeah. that's sort of an equivalent price – People equate it with something that doesn't need to be valued. Um, You don't need to wear it again. To listen to the full interview, just search for News Club in your podcast app and hit follow.